Welcome to It's All Recruiting, the show that looks at everything through the lens of recruiting. I'm your host, Jim Stroud. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the It's All Recruiting podcast, the podcast that looks at everything through the lens of recruiting. I'm your host, Jim Stroud. And with me is a very special guest, special guest, if you would. Please introduce yourself. Tell us who you are and what you do. Hey, Jim. I'm thrilled to be here. Psyched to talk to you today. Uh, what do I do? Let's see. I'm a kid from New York City originally. Mm. My dad my dad turned me on to business. He was lucky enough to um, get taught by uh, the mentor of Warren Buffett wow. um, over at uh, Columbia, Ben Graham. And so I kind of grew up on business. You know, my dad was a nerdy business guy and mm. He was uh, pushing Buffett and the Wall Street Journal on me back when, you know, I was young enough that it would get my butt kicked in school. <laughs> it wasn't cool. Buffett wasn't a billionaire back then. He was just a weird guy from Nebraska. So I grew up on business and then, uh, you know, moved out here on a, on a whim out to uh, the Bay Area. I live in Oakland, California, and just um, doing what I love best, which is uh, creating a new business called OnGig. And got a, a wife and a son named Maverick, and just trying to live the dream, as 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 you like to say. <laughs> very cool, very cool. I think when you were following Warren Buffett, I think I was reading the Peanuts comic strip. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good too. <laughs> Learn a lot from that too. Pretty cool. Um, I was at um. Well, I go to conferences a lot, as you know, because we, we talked uh, previously, and I go to different conferences, and one of the conversations that came up, actually, this last conference I attended at SourceCon, uh, was, uh, which is a uh, sourcing conference, recruiting conference, for those who are unaware, and one of the topics that came up, of course, was, was talent attraction and how to really get the attention of candidates, because the unemployment rate being what it is, you got to sort of pull out all stops, really, to get the attention of passive candidates, and Someone said, you know, one problem that they're having is having a job description that really captures the imagination of passive candidates. And then someone else said, well, do people even read job descriptions? And that went into a whole kind of uh, rigmarole of conversation. And so it all boiled down to, in, in my opinion, how to make a job description more like a marketing piece. Because, you know, when you think about it, it's really it should be considered a marketing piece because sometimes that's the first experience somebody has with a certain company um, is their, their job description when they're out looking or do you agree or disagree or what do you think? Absolutely. I'm, I'm kind of one of those guys who thinks that, you know, everything in business is a marketing has a marketing or a sales um, angle to it. And, and, and we should look at it with that lens. There's very few exceptions of any, business or even organization, nonprofit, that really doesn't need to be marketing through whatever they got. Hmm. And, you know, for OnGig, I mean, the reason we chose job descriptions as the focus is it's the one thing that every company in the world that's growing has, and you should hear the problems that employers have with them when, when we get into it and chat about it. It's almost endless. In fact, I got a quote here. I, won't, I can't attribute who it is, but... Hmm. Fortune 50 company, VP of talent attraction says there's a collective groan, air quotes, <laughs> collective groan when job descriptions comes up at a, at a conference, speaking of conferences. Hmm. And she said, um, everyone kind of just looks around and says, yeah, I got this problem. I got that problem. They're 
They're not attractive. They're old looking. And so I think there's agreement out there too. You know, the, the heads of talent get it. And so absolutely, you know, job descriptions is an opportunity to, to market your, your opportunities. You know, it's almost the most important one. It starts there. Yeah, really, really. It's almost like the, I guess the, the, uh, I won't say opposite, but I guess it is jobs descriptions are the job seekers, the way resumes are the recruiters. I've I've read so many articles and and where where it says that recruiters spend seven seconds scanning uh, a resume and he gets some kind of idea of what the person is about if they want to go forward. And I think job seekers uh, passive job seekers, especially, they may scan a, a job description in three seconds, and they might just look at the title and not really go beyond that. What do you think? I'm I'm on point with that. Absolutely right. We got some data to prove it. Depends what the candidate's using. If they're on desktop, it might be on average now could be 20 seconds or so. Mm. But I'll tell you, on mobile, just anecdotally, I was on on the bus uh, maybe last year from San Francisco to Oakland, and you know, like a commuter bus. Mm-hmm. You know, there's Wi-Fi, so everyone's on their sure. phones or on their sure. computers, and sure. there was this hip, you know, hip sort of millennial candidate just had, you know, the right backpack and the right outfit on this woman, and you know, maybe a tinge of purple in her hair, and, <laughs> yeah. you know. But but I, I know what neighborhood she's going to, and you know, I, there's successful people there, right? And right. Um, she happened to have her phone out, and she's right next to me, so this wasn't uh, wasn't stalking her. Mm. Um, but I, you know, of course I did a little mini focus group. I was looking, what is, what is she using? And she was on, I couldn't tell the exact app, but she was looking at job pages and it was, again, I'm doing this visually slide, slide, look at a job, slide, swipe right, swipe right. Or swipe yes, left. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Two seconds, swipe again, three seconds, swipe. She'd pause then on a job that looked a little different. Maybe mm-hmm. had a nice logo, maybe mm-hmm. opened up with the right text can only be so much text you can see on a mobile phone. She looked at about 50 in a few minutes as we were sitting there. Wow. So yeah. again, anecdotal, but we're talking seconds for, and that's the candidate you want. She's working. I knew that because she was on a commuter bus. Mm-hmm. That's a mm-hmm. passive candidate. But you know what? Everyone, mm-hmm. everyone is open to the right opportunity. Sure. I don't care how happy they are. I always ask people, um, hey, are, are you thinking about moving you think about buying a new home, most people say, no, I'm, I'm all set. And then I say, well, if someone offered you 2 million bucks for your house right now, would you take it? Would you listen? <laughs> yeah, now I'm looking. Now, now I'm open. <laughs> yeah, market to me. <laughs> so, you know, do you have that? I call a job opportunity, a job and a job description. I, I call it a million dollar opportunity. Hmm. Where else in life, other than maybe college education these days, unfortunately, um, a house, where else are you doing something where the transaction is about a million bucks on the line? And I'll give it to you simply. Employers want a candidate to stay with them five, 10 years. They're going to invest a million bucks in most people if they stay sure. that long. Sure. And the secret, a candidate wants a home for that long too. They just want the right home. Even these young new generations, I don't care what folks say about millennials wanting to hop around and stuff. The basic behavior of a human hasn't changed, which is they want to nest and find a good home. They might want to work from home mm-hmm. <laughs> and not go to an mm-hmm. office. They might mm-hmm. want to travel and work at different departments because they want to change a pace. Um, but they want something they can count on and, and fulfill their career. And, and in my view, that hasn't changed. You know, when you mentioned millennials, uh, the things that I've, that I've read and some of my experiences that 
they want to be in a situation where they feel like their career will be developed. So if they have a situation where they can learn new skills, uh, where they have a good mentor that they could turn to to help develop their career over time, I think those are the things that really grab their attention. And in terms of longevity from a, a employer standpoint, one thing that I don't see in job descriptions that I, that I would love to see more of, see of or see, period, because I, I tend not to see it. I think um, companies use a lot of the standard templates. Maybe it's from some great HR depot in the sky. <laughs> and they tell you the same job descriptions. It's called indeed.com. <laughs> whatever, whatever job board is top. You'd be amazed, Jim, how many people tell me this. I just go and copy it from Indeed. You know what? That makes a lot of sense. And they know it's wrong, but they say, you know, I don't have a template here, so I'm just going to yeah. go grab one. But yeah, keep going. I think that makes, I mean, I think that makes total sense. Uh, but I also would like to see in a job description uh, some sort of statistical data. Uh, this suggests that working for applying for this job means that you could be something else later. So let's say you're looking at a job description for a uh, software developer mm-hmm. and uh, somewhere in the job description, it says uh, people who apply for this role for its job seeker for software developer, um, our stats show that they have progressed to senior software developer in you know four years or two years. You know, and they've become a director level engineer person, you know, in three to five years, mm-hmm. you know, not guaranteeing results because everybody's different. But statistically speaking, people who apply for this role, who get hired in this role, uh, tend to become a senior person three or four years down the road. Mm-hmm. I think that would resonate with a lot of people, not just millennials, because it will put in their mind that, huh, this is uh this is my first step to becoming a CTO, you know, mm-hmm. and I have some sort of idea of how long it may take based on this statistical data. Companies don't do that. I've, I've yet to see it, but I think if they were to do that, that would resonate with a lot of job seekers, I would think. What do you think? Absolutely. And you know what? Some, um, we've written about this a little bit. Very mm. few do this, and they, but they've got that, you know, you see it left to right, like a career track on their career site. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always, I, I always take a close look when I see those because that is super helpful. It's, it's given a little map at what you might become. And probably the easiest one to do is like a law firm, right? You mm-hmm. start off as an oh, associate yeah. or maybe it's an intern associate and you make partner and general partner, whatever the track is. Other ones are tougher, but I think you're spot on. If you can help anything you can do to help a candidate see where they're going to head uh, and the future and, uh, I believe that would attract any generation who just wants, um, you know, folks, everyone wants a new challenge once in a while. doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a new company. And in your values as an employer, if you do that and provide that, then shout it from the rafters. That's why these global companies, when they start to look kind of boring or feel like they're boring, they're so big. Wow, flex the muscle that you got offices in Munich and Paris and New York City and San Francisco. You know what that says to our new generation of candidate? Wow, I can go travel and move to any one of those. And, yeah. you know, you're starting to fulfill their dream away from just work, which, hey, at the end of the day, we all come home and hopefully have a good family life or at least, a, you know, a human baby or a fur baby, um, <laughs> have someone to cuddle up with and aren't alone. And we're all working hard to uh, 
make our white, uh, life away from work fulfilling too. So I think it all works together and, and you're spot on. That career track's a great feature for a career site. I think you hit on a competitive advantage that companies can take it, can, um, can leverage too. When you said earlier how so many people just grab a job description from Indeed, uh, that speaks to how many job descriptions are the same. So if someone were to take uh, the time to really put some creativity behind their job description, that, are, uh, that in itself gives them an advantage. And I think a lot of people just, like you said, just grab it from Indeed or some other source and just grab some text and boom, there they go. But they don't realize that they're doing the same thing other people are doing. Yep. So uh, their jobs are going to be out there a lot longer because people are going to skim them and not really give them uh, the attention that you may want them to get. Absolutely. And by the way, uh, as you were just sharing that last nugget, I looked mm -hmm. it up. I'll give just one shout out company. I got no affiliation company called Williams Marston has a nice little thing on their career site. If you look up the on gig blog, uh, it's called best company career page ideas, 2018. If you want to look at mm -hmm. detail framework, but anyway, the point is they do, uh, start off as a consultant two years, next manager, five years, next director, eight years, managing director, partner, 12 years path for advancement. So um, nice. I think it's a consulting company that does this. And again, that might, you know, it's tougher when you're doing it with developers and other things. Sure. But I think it speaks to your idea there um, earlier. Back to, yeah, grabbing it from uh, Indeed and other places. And the folks who share this with me, at least, they know that that's not the optimal way and the effective way. And they should also, I remind them, not only is it kind of a sloppy way, but um, Google will penalize you if they look at your job descriptions Oh, yeah. And, and uh, you know, the requirements or the job description itself is almost identical to another one. Uh, they're not going to send traffic to those pages. They, they can actually tell when there's duplicative content. I know you know this. Mm -hmm. they, uh, they have algorithms where they look and say, oh, this new page. If, if Jim and Rob Kelly put out a new page and we just totally copied it from someone um, else and put it up, they go look and they say, oh, Jim and Rob's page, uh, not only is it a copy, but that other page, the original was out for five years. That's the authority. Um, that's why we never do any duplicative content. We encourage everyone to put in unique content. We make it easy through software, but don't just uh, copy and paste. Can you imagine the, the shutter that would go throughout the recruiting world if someone said, you know what, you... Uh, copy my job description. So I'm going to sue you for copyright infringement of yep. my job description. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That would freak a lot of people out. Yeah. Well, you're hit, you've hit upon something because I'll tell you that the clients investing in OnGig's job description software, mm. they come up with new templates and really effective ways to market jobs. And if they saw someone, these are some big companies, if they saw a tiny company copying them, um, they, uh, they definitely would take notice and, um, they'd make sure it doesn't happen again because they're putting a lot, you know, if you go look at some of these jobs by a Disney or, um, some leaders out there who know what they're doing, um, starting off a job description with questions, specific questions, mm. um, you know, do you want to put for an engineer, do you want to, you know, how would you like to have your, your technology in the hands of a million users instantly? you know, or at, um, you know, hundreds of theme parks around the globe, uh, things like that. So they're really speaking directly to the candidate uh, in a conversational way, which we always recommend. Yeah, I, th I would think, it, I don't know if anyone's thinking about this or have thought about this. So I imagine some have to your point, but 
wouldn't a job description become a company's intellectual property? I mean, do companies put a, like if I read um, uh, an article or if I read a book or something like that, uh, in a book, it'll say, you know, a little copyright symbol. And when the mm-hmm. book was written on articles, it'll say this was written by this writer and a little bio about them and that kind of thing. Um, there isn't really, I've never really seen on a job description, a little copyright symbol. Mm. It says, this is my job description. You cannot use this on your, for your jobs. This is written specifically for this company. You're on um, something there, Jim. Always yeah, thinking I, ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, if someone did do that, oh my gosh, that would, that would, that would really shudder a lot of people. But I think it would, uh, do the job seeker, do companies an overall service more than a disservice, you know, because then mm-hmm. it would force them to say, let me do something that shows that my opportunity, that my company is unique from everyone else's. And so they may, you know, it'll slow down that swiping of that job seeker that you, that you were sitting next to on, on the uh, commuter bus there. It, maybe they wouldn't swipe through 50 in an hour, maybe they'll swipe through 12 because they're actually reading it because each one is different. Each one has its own spin and they're actually taking the time to uh, absorb all that content. So. Yeah, and you're exactly right. I mean, one of our, at OnGig, one of our three words that we use to define our, our brand, we read a great book, so this wasn't mm-hmm. my idea. It's called World Famous, How to Give Your Business a Kick-Ass Brand Identity. And one of the, you know how books, what I look for in a book is if I just get one idea, that's amazing. That's worth the cost of the book, you know, and then some, I often stop reading the book because, you know, if, if I get it, then I say that was, that was it. That was worth it alone. I don't even need to keep reading. That book said, define your brand by three words. So at, at OnGig, it's unique, bold, and agile. And that unique part, part one, um, is not just for us by brand. We mean it's who we want to hang around with. So any company that comes calling and we're, we're working with as a client, lucky enough to work with, we want them to have unique content um, on their job descriptions. And, uh, and that just works. I mean, if this world is unique, I got a quote here, be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. <laughs> Oscar Wilde, smart, smart man. And uh, I really believe that. And, and I believe the world would be a better place if employers truly were in touch with their uniqueness. Um, and they're not going to, they're not going to attract everyone. You know, some folks are just not going to want to work for you for whatever reason. And you don't want to engage with them. If they've got their mind made up, let them keep going. Focus on the ones that you're uniquely attractive to. That is so true. That's so true. With so many times um, in a previous life, I work with various clients, uh, optimizing their, their workforce planning and optimizing their um, talent attraction goals. And so many times I would hear that they want to, they want that candidates should want to apply for them because they're just as good as Google. And I'm like, you, you don't have the Google culture. You're totally two different entities. You don't have the name recognition. You're not doing the kind of thing that Google does to attract different people. You have to develop your own identity. But so many times people I, I would talk to would compare themselves to Google and expect that candidates would come running. And it's like, you almost want to pop their bubble, you know, come like, <laughs> dude, you're, you're not them. So you can't do the things that they do. Absolutely. Know? So absolutely. Interesting. I see the, uh, we're running up on, on time and this, I yeah. thought we could have talked uh, <laughs> for days, but I really appreciate uh, you chatting with me. If someone wanted more information of, uh, about you, want to connect with you or to learn more about on gig, actually, before I even go, 
Um, and I know you don't want to do this, <laughs> but just for those who are very curious. Put me on the spot. <laughs> tell me what OnGig does. You, you've mentioned it a couple of times, but I know people who may, may be listening might not be familiar just what OnGig does. So give me like an elevator pitch on what that is. Absolutely. OnGig transforms job descriptions to attract you top talent, and that includes being inclusive to all groups. And by inclusive, we don't just mean gender. Most companies want to attract more women. Uh, we mean people of color. We mean people with disabilities. We mean people of various ages. Um, we do all that, attract top talent. Part of our philosophy is that you should be inclusive to attract top talent. I just got off the phone with someone looking to hire sales folks in the uh, cybersecurity world, hmm. having a real hard time hiring sales folks. And I asked uh, the head of recruiting, I said, hey, what percentage of your applicants are male? He said, oh, it's funny. It's about 70, 75%. And I said, do you know, Mr. Head of Recruiting, it's never been proven that a man is a better salesperson than a woman. <laughs> and we looked in. And so he would hit, what's happening is the way he's writing his job descriptions, they're turning off women. So he's not even getting women to take the at-bat for the sales position. Okay. And we're talking, this could, he, this could double his sales team almost overnight, double the revenue, meet his goals, get him to retire. His company goes public. Everything's good. And that's just one little move. So it all works together, attracting top talent and being inclusive. The best, some of the best developers in the world, by the way, have Asperger's syndrome or mm -hmm. ADHD. Yep. So you better make sure you're speaking to them in the right way. They don't like complex phrasing and words that sound like legalese, aforementioned. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, we help clean all that stuff up, give you the world's best job description and beyond the text. If you want, you could drag videos onto it, pictures mm -hmm. onto it, glass door widgets, LinkedIn widgets, how walkable wow. the job is. That's our, our candidate experience solution too. So we do both. And the text one is an alternative to Textio, which is a sound product that's uh, out there these days. Mm -hmm. And um, we also do the visual side as well, but our hundred percent focus is on job description software and solving problems to attract top talent. Cool. Well, I'm going to link to your site in the description of the podcast. You're a good uh, so man. Those I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. For those who are listening, just go to uh, the description and a link will be right there. And to answer your earlier question, I accept all LinkedIn um, invitations for people who want to connect with me when it's something like, hey, this is your community. So I know, I know there's no riffraff in there. <laughs> and so uh, if anyone wants to uh, connect with me on LinkedIn, um, happy to do so. And we also put out a lot of free content, as you know, on our um, OnGig blog. So just go to blog.ongig.com. And a lot of free tips about all this stuff. You don't have to invest in OnGig software. We give you a bunch of free tips and uh, on a regular basis. But if you want to take it to the next level, we've got enterprise software that really transforms your job descriptions. Sounds like an offer uh, someone can't refuse. We hope so. You're <laughs> too kind, yeah. And congrats on a great podcast, by the way. Thank it's you, It's awesome sir. that you're doing this and um, you're a thought leader out there. And uh, as, as you and I chat about before the show, you know, it's fun to hang out digitally uh, with, with other folks out there who are, who are focused on, on these areas. And uh, so very, very psyched to uh, watch your success. Thank you, sir. I do appreciate that. Well, uh, that's it for now. Um, if you would, if you, all the listeners, if you would, please uh, subscribe if you haven't already. And if you would leave a comment uh, on whatever podcast platform you're listening, this, listening to this on, I would appreciate that as well. And copyright that job description like Jim <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yes. 
you could probably uh, get a lot of uh, uh, brand recognition, a lot of notoriety <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> I'm going to steal that idea. <laughs> Don't sue me, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's all open source now. It's out there. All right. Uh, talk to you later and uh, see you guys or you guys can hear me <laughs> on the next episode of the Install Recruiting Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you a thousand times. Thank you for listening to my show. If you love what you heard, hate what you heard, or don't know what you just heard, I want to know about it. If you would, go to my blog over at jimstroud.com and leave me a note. I would so much appreciate that. All right, until next time, bye-bye. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app.